This is Bigger Pockets Daily, and today, let's just jump right into the show. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Meet RentApp, the seamless, secure, free way to collect rent. Built by a team of fintech veterans behind Square and Cash App, RentApp uses ACH bank transfers to deposit funds directly into your account. You don't even need to download anything. RentApp setup is straightforward for renters, and there are no apps for landlords to download. Both get peace of mind with a digital transaction history. That means no more lost checks, managing a dozen different payment apps, or even wondering whether payment was sent. Landlords say RentApp is the most convenient way to collect rent, and we think you'll agree. RentApp, the free and easy way to collect rent. Learn more at rent.app slash landlord. That's rent.app slash landlord. The Top 10 Do's and Don'ts for Airbnb Short-Stay Landlords by Al Williamson. I don't want to be a buzzkill, but there's too much mushy thinking in the Airbnb VRBO and short-stay space. So much so that I see short-stay landlords acting like home sharers and having a lot of fun doing so. However, if you check their bottom lines, you'll see they aren't doing much better than passive landlords and doing extra work without capturing extra income is not the way to run a for-profit business. As a foaming-at-the-mouth airbnb since 2011, one who is both a provider and user with stays all over the United States, let me offer a bit of structure. Three short-stay business models. You need to be crystal clear about which type of short-stay business you're operating. The table at biggerpockets.com on this blog summarizes the financial goals of the three methods. Each business model has its own unique mode of operation, expected level of service, and acceptable rate of return. You'll notice, however, that only short-stay landlords have profit as a goal. So if you're a home sharer or vacation rental provider, you can stop reading here. What follows is not intended for you, although you might find it interesting. So keep reading. If you're a landlord considering a short-stay business, you should follow these do's and don'ts to avoid costly mistakes and become more profitable than a typical landlord. The following is for rental owners that choose to provide short-stay housing instead of traditional long-term rentals. It is intended for those who want to maximize the yield on both their time and money. Do's. One, comply with local ordinances and pay your lodging taxes, if any. Short-stay rentals are going mainstream. Just like with eBay and Amazon, you're not going to be able to avoid taxes forever. 
More and more cities, sometimes states, are requiring lodging taxes for stays of 30 days or less. Run a legitimate operation, read your city ordinances carefully, and read the exceptions three or four times. Opportunities hide in the exceptions. Number two, prioritize your startup expenditures. Spend your first investment dollars on installing items that'll help your guests feel secure. Start with upgrading your locks, bedbug-proofing your beds, removing any and all odors, etc. Spend your last dollars on Martha Stewarding. Decorating comes last. Buzzkill, right? It's just that spending your budget in this order will reduce your chance of wipeout. 3. Compete with extended-stay hotels. Consider the world of long shorts, where managers and cleaning costs don't eat up your profit. Compete for travelers who would otherwise opt for extended-stay hotels. These folks want more privacy and hominess than a hotel can offer. If you're near a hospital, university, or airport, you may have a golden ticket. 4. List your offering on multiple sites. Start on one platform and add others over time. Consider listing with the big three commission-based sites, Airbnb, HomeAway, and TripAdvisor. Then, sync the calendars so you only get inquiries for available dates. It's smart to cast a wide net to increase your exposure and minimize your vacancies. Don't limit your platforms until you've had a chance to determine the pros and cons for yourself. 5. Go after employer-sponsored business travelers. There's a huge difference between travelers who pay out of pocket and those who get reimbursed by their employers. Many traveling consultants, like myself, get a stipend to cover housing expenses. Often, the allowance is based on Government Services Administration guidelines. So be mindful not to disqualify yourself by spiking your rates. From a net income perspective, these guests just might be the most lucrative long-term and frequently repeating clients you can find. Don'ts. 1. Don't compete with the home sharers on one- and two-night stays. Fast turns, what I call short shorts, are games that home sharers can win. Cleaning and providing day-to-day -day management are their jobs. To make any money with short shorts, you would need to pass along your full cost of cleaning, and large cleaning fees are a major turnoff to price-savvy guests. That's why you really need to set a minimum stay that pencils, and that might be four nights or more. Two, don't rely on landlord best practices. Many don't apply. If you are a seasoned landlord, you will need to change out your mental framework to be a good short-stay provider. For example, fair housing laws aren't valid in this peer-to-peer -peer economy. You look at people's peer reviews for quick go-no-go -no -go decisions. Credit checks aren't relevant since money is collected in advance. So whereas having a lot of landlording experience is useful, don't assume it's sufficient in the short-stay world. 3. Don't try to earn more than 5 stars. Once you get going, you can add some razzle-dazzle. But if you're a gadget person, stifle yourself. Don't buy whiz-bang unless you can estimate a reasonable break-even date. Will that gadget really help you get more bookings at higher rates and with better reviews? Hmm... Buying a holographic TV is cool, but it won't help you get a 10-star review when only 5 stars is possible. 4. Don't lose track of the climbing baseline. Rents are escalating. It's possible your local market rents could be higher at the end of the year than they were at the beginning. Rents can swing the other way, too, 
So you have to check local conditions a few times a year. If the baseline exceeds your short-stay income, then sell off your furnishings and switch back to traditional landlording. There is no shame in pivoting. After all, you're in the short-stay business to net more income than a traditional landlord, not less. Five, don't be a jerk. Your reviews are everything in this peer-to-peer economy. Your guests will, in general, be laid-back folks who want to do business directly with other nice people. So be fair. But if you need to get someone told, then get the Resolution Center involved. Airbnb has intermediaries to help you navigate crucial conversations with their referred guests. So when needed, let Airbnb facilitate. But whatever the case, be a generous host. Your reviews equate to your wealth in the collaborative economy. The more good reviews you have, the more others are willing to do business with you. So keep your future opportunities in mind. Keep your cool. The big takeaway. Although there are three categories of short-stay rentals, only one of them has a profitability threshold. And following these do's and don'ts will give you a fast track towards netting more than a traditional landlord would. These principles are training wheels to keep you from bruising losses. Keep them on until your balance sheet shows you're proficient. Then go on to create offerings that are nearly impossible for others to compete against. And from that position, you'll be able to maximize your assets' cash flow. All right, another Thursday episode done and dusted. If you're getting something out of this, please let us know. The best way to do that is to leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us improve the show. And five-star ratings help us climb the charts and reach more people with this valuable information. Thanks for doing that. And I'll see you tomorrow right here in the same place.